secluded highway. In the middle of the night, two young girls are walking down the street. Joan is looking at her best friend. Both of them are visibly shaken. Joan says to Sadie, are you sure you want to do this? Sadie says, yeah, I don't want to do anything else. We're going to do this. The girls are walking and they're looking left and they're looking right. And off on the right is a cornfield and the corn is rattling in the breeze and the noise is terrifying Sadie, although she doesn't think that she's going to admit it to her best friend. And they're walking, and Joan decides that now is a great time to tell Sadie about the things that she saw the night before. I've got to tell you this, Sadie. Last night, something happened. Sadie looks at her best friend and says, You're not about to tell me a scary story. Not right now. And she says, Yes. Yes, I'm going to. And so they fight back and forth for a couple of seconds before she submits, because her curiosity got the better of her. The other night... I was walking down the street, and I heard this noise coming from behind me, and I didn't know what it was, and I was too scared to look behind me, but after 20 steps or so, I decided to, to give in and to look behind me, and I saw something. But this something, it wasn't like anything I've ever seen before. It looked kind of like a dog, but it looked kind of like a man, and it had hair all over its body, and large, trembling, horrific-looking teeth. When I saw it, I was frozen, almost dead in my tracks. There was no doubt in my mind that it had been after me or following me. But in that moment, I had no idea what to do. It paused as well. It looked at me, curious. I couldn't tell if it was a threat or not, but yeah, it definitely wasn't a man and no creature that I had ever even heard about. Closest thing I can think of is Bigfoot, but it was even more terrifying than that. I also remember off in the cornfield, a big flash of light. And when the light flashed, this creature was as shocked as I was and looked out across the cornfield. I used that moment to run as fast as I could. But the road, you know, as you know, is very is quite long. So there was no way that I could outrun the thing without it eventually catching up to me. So I ran and I looked back again to find that the creature was still standing there looking off where the light had flashed. And I quickly darted off into the cornfield. Now, In hindsight, this probably wasn't a good idea either, because it was late, and I was technically running closer to wherever that light had come from, but I was too scared to even think about what that could be. And, well, as you know, old Jim Jeffries, the farmer, has been talking about some animal eating his crops, and so in hindsight I also started thinking about other creatures, unless that was the creature. I ran, and I ran, and eventually I got home. Well, that's just the craziest story I've ever heard, Sadie says. Joan, revisiting this story, is terrified, reminiscing about this monster that she saw the day before, and now she regrets telling this story because she feels like it's watching her. It's standing 20 feet behind her, and she feels like its eyes are molesting her. And she's watching over her shoulder every couple of feet because she thinks that she's going to see it standing there. I, 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 I shouldn't have told you that story, she whispers. 
I'm sorry, Sadie tries to comfort her friend, but realizes that the silence of the night is terrifying and that they both regret walking across town to see their brother's new car. How much further is it anyway? Joan looked around. I think it's just up around the bend. It's really hard to tell late at night, isn't it? Joan is visibly shaken now. Did you hear that? Oh, I think you're going crazy, Sadie says. Now, pretty sure that the story that her friend had just told her was a complete lie. She wasn't averse to telling her creepy stories. Even when they were younger, she remembered her best friend would tell her stories before they went to bed at sleepovers, and she would always wake up scared, her, her friend fast asleep. Joan stopped in her tracks suddenly. No, really, did you hear that? Sadie looked around. All right, now you actually are scaring me. Can you cut it out? A slight wind blew the corn crops blew the top of the corn crops and which sadie noticed in the light of the dim light of the moon there's something out there sadie looked around too unsure of what to do next and then she heard it the dirt was crunching somewhere something in the field was moving towards them and then a flash of light what the hell was that sadie whispers as she stops in her tracks staring out into the cornfield that's the same light the light that i was talking about and they both stare off into the distance, trembling with fear, uncertain of what they're going to do. Going back is a long way. Going forward seems like a long way, too. We've got to do something, Sadie says. Joan staring off into the cornfield, hoping that it's just her imagination playing tricks on her. She feels like it's watching her. She feels those eyes on her again. I know what we're going to do. We're going to trick it. And she's walking forward toward the cornfield bravely, I think that if we walk towards it, it might get scared and it might run away. And both of the girls, trembling and terrified, are walking towards the cornfield, slowly, one step at a time, grass crunching underneath their feet. Sadie was sure that she could hear her heart beating now. If this was a trick, it was definitely working. Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> Why had they decided to walk along this old road so late at night? Just to see a stupid car? What were they thinking? Why would anybody do that? Who made that suggestion? But here they were now. But now, the problem was that Sadie, every sudden movement of the corn crops and the shadows against the moonlight looked like a demon coming at them. They were walking into the cornfield now, towards the light. I completely spaced out what you did with the light. Did you mention the light? It had already flashed. I'm gonna buzz myself. The two girls walk into the cornfield and the husks are brushing against each other and making this eerie noise. Sadie says, I don't think we should be in here. Joan says, oh, don't be such a wimp. I just made that whole story up, Joan says. But she wasn't telling the truth. Part of that story was true. There really had been something behind her. But she wasn't sure if it was a man. It could have been a man. Looking back now, although unlikely, it seemed possible. Her imagination had run away on her before. Let's just do it and get it over with. Let's just... Scare it, and then let's run out of here. I bet we could run faster than it. So, they continue into the cornfield. Ten feet goes by. Twenty feet goes by. Thirty feet goes by. Fifty feet goes by, and they see nothing. Except for another light that flashes above them. And both girls look around in this glimpse of light and see nothing but corn in all directions. And now, they don't know which way is out. Now both Joan and Sadie were sure that they could hear the creature, whatever it was coming, whatever it was, had a loud step. Thud. 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 Alongside the crackling of corn husks. You were holding out on me on that word, damn it. <laughs> she said, no. 
Get down, Jones says, and Sadie was thinking the same thing. They both jumped onto the cold, wet ground and lay as silently as they could. The thudding stopped. They weren't sure. About five minutes, about two minutes passed. Enough time for them, along with their adrenaline, to become disoriented enough to completely forget which direction it had been coming from. They were unsure. They were scared. They were starting to second guess whether or not this thing had even been there. Whether or not they were both just scaring themselves at this point. The moon shone bright over the corn husks. In the distance, the sound of a car Sadie thought she could hear. Do you hear that? Joan looked over to her. Yeah. You think we should make a run for it? I don't know. Do you think that thing is still out there? They both looked around. I think it might be gone. They slowly got to their feet, looked at each other one last time, and grabbed each other's hand, gave each other one quick squeeze. That was what they always did, ever since they were little girls. Whenever they were scared or unsure of a situation, Sadie still thinks that it started in the first grade when they first met, and they were both very shy when their mothers brought them into the classroom. And immediately, they walked up to each other and grabbed each other's hands, and basically from that moment on, they were best friends. And they would always do that. So they did that, and then let go, and booked it towards the road, or at least towards the direction where they thought the road had been. The flash happened again, lighting up the entire cornfield, and then a loud crack of thunder, and then it started raining. And now, rain was pouring... (laughs) Too intense. Rain is pouring down on the two little girls, and the light flashes again, but they don't think that it's lightning. They're not little, though. Two girls. I was thinking high school. Sorry. (laughs) Whatever. The two girls. The light flashes again. And Joan looks up and she says, What do you think that is? As they're running towards the road. And Sadie says, I don't know, maybe an alien ship? Or lightning? Or uh, a lighthouse? Maybe? (laughs) They weren't anywhere near the coast. So Joan immediately said, Probably not a lighthouse. They continued towards the road. And halfway, or what they thought was halfway, out of the cornfield, they could hear something behind them scurrying and Joan looks over her shoulder but there's nothing there but the noise continues to move and she hears crunching in the corn and suddenly she sees off in the distance some of the corn stalks are bending and she knows that they're not in the cornfield alone and then without warning the cornfield ended and they both burst out onto the road nearly collapsing onto the pavement they couldn't believe they'd made it a car pulled up at that moment and Joan recognized it immediately. It was her brother, Billy Bob, and his new tan jaguar. What are you girls doing out here? Oh, we figured we'd walk to your car. Did you see something in the in the cornfield behind us? Billy Bob put his hand up to his forehead and peered into the darkness as if he could see anything. No. You guys all right? Joan and Sadie looked at each other, hearts still beating. They had no idea what had happened. Yeah, could you give us a lift? Billy Bob looked at them funny. You girls really are the craziest girls in town. Yeah, sure, hop in. What are you doing out here anyway? Sadie said as they got into the car and buckled their seatbelts. Oh, old old Jim Jeffries has been asking me to set traps for whatever that thing is that's been eating his crops. So I usually come out here around this time every night and set a couple traps. He opened his trunk and pulled something out, left the trunk open, so Sadie noticed she couldn't see what he was doing behind the car in the rearview mirror. She looked at Joan. Joan looked just as confused as her. She had definitely never not known that Billy Bob even knew how to hunt, let alone help local farmers tend their crops. In fact, Billy Bob was an artist, always had been, had no desire to do anything, to do any physical work 
which is why she had thought he would have left town upon graduating high school. But it had been five years, and Billy Bob somehow still seemed content in their small little town. She, though, was sure that she was going to get out of this dim, godforsaken place. Though she wasn't an artist, she wasn't quite sure what she wanted to be. They both tried to look in the rearview mirror, seeing nothing, still shaken up from what had just occurred. After a few seconds, they heard what sounded like a loud thud and something being dragged across the dirt, and then silence. And then Billy Bob shut the trunk, and they could see his face again, same as before. He got into the car. You girls want to go get some fries? And they drove off to Lanky's. Sitting at Lanky's bar, Billy Bob, Sadie, and Joan are all sharing a order of fries. Billy Bob is slugging back beer after beer, and he's getting a little loose, getting loose with his words. Now, little girls, I'm not supposed to tell you these stories, mostly because we don't want them to get into the newspaper, but there's something out there. I didn't want to tell you while we were there, because I thought you'd be afraid, but Mr. Jeffries has been setting out snares for the last couple of weeks, and uh, we caught something. We caught it by the leg. Didn't catch it forever, just momentarily, and Mr. Jeffries caught a picture of it, a very blurry picture of it, but it looked a lot like a dog, but a man. It walked on two feet. Now, I'm not one to believe superstition or rumors, but my guess is that it might be a werewolf. Now, Billy Bob looks down at the bar, and he's clearly shaken up about it, and he takes another beer, swigs it, and he says, whatever it is, it's not just eating his crop. It's killed local animals. It's killed a couple of cats, a dog, and a cat. Oh, I never said cat. <laughs> a couple of dogs and a cat, and another cat, and a cow. It killed the cow, and it mutilated the cow. It ripped its guts out, and it was a real disgusting scene. I've been setting snares for the last two weeks, hoping to catch it, figure out what it is, maybe kill it. Girls, I'm going to have to take you home soon, he said, clearly drunk. It's uh, it's not going to be pretty. I'm going back to the field tonight, and I'm going to end whatever this is. I got a gun in the trunk. Under the table, Joan and Sadie had their hands clenched tight again. They were both scared. Joan had no idea about any of this prior, and Sadie just wanted to go home. She wasn't sure why they'd come to Lanky's in the first place. She wasn't sure why she'd agreed to even go out and look at a stupid car. It was a nice car, she had to admit. But now she just wanted to be home in her bed having pleasant dreams. But what about those lights, Sadie remembered. What were those lights that keep go went winning off, <laughs> that keep going, that kept going off? Billy Bob looked up at her, clearly very disoriented from the alcohol. And then suddenly, all the lights in the pub went out, flickered, and then died completely. Everybody around, everybody looked around, every, fucking A. <laughs> everybody around stopped. Even the old hags dancing to Kenny Chesney tunes, the only two on the floor, Joan noted, stopped. What the hell is going on here? The bartender shouted. Did somebody fuck with the lights? Nobody answered. And then there was a loud howl. <laughs> no, that sounded like a cop car. <laughs> Sadie noted. Take it. This is the wrong bar to fuck with, the bartender shouted as he reached for a gun. Sadie dropped to the floor, and Joan dropped to the floor, and Billy Bob, who was already on the verge of passing out, tried to stand up, grabbed his bar stool, and thought he was hitting something, but he missed and hit the bar, breaking the bar stool. The bartender was the first one to see something moving in the shadows, and he was also the first one to get caught. Something with sharp claws and sharp teeth snagged him tore apart his skin, ripped his flesh apart, and began to munch on his insides. The two hags that had been dancing to the, the Chesney songs screamed and ran for the door, but whatever it was, 
beat them there, and it kicked the door shut, and blood was dripping from its mouth, which they barely noticed from the moonlight, and its hair stood up on end, and it growled a deep, earthy growl, and it began to march forward to these two older women. Whatever positive words Kenny Chesney had once muttered about big orange balls and sexy tractors was suddenly lost on these two old women. They looked up in shock as the creature pounced on them, munched on their insides. He had the munchies. And then he turned over to the girls. Joan and Sadie were very terrified, but luckily had no Kenny Chesney songs to worry about forgetting. Their hands were sweaty now from clasping so tight. And all at once, Sadie had a flashback. Again, second grade this time. They were on the playground. Joan and Sadie were playing in the sandbox. And Morticia, one of the mean girls, came over and punched her in the face. Sadie stood up and punched Morticia in the face and pushed her to the ground and said, you don't fuck with my friend. Where did you learn that word, Joan said, rubbing the bruise on her face that was forming. Sadie looked at her and said, I will always protect you. And then the flashback went away. They were back in the pub. The creature was advancing towards them now. Sadie looked at Joan, said, I will always protect you. And then let go of her hand, picked up Billy Bob's glass, half empty. She thought it might've been a Allagash white or something. She emptied it out through the liquid over her shoulder and then stood up and approached the creature. The creature stopped. It stared at the two girls, gnarling teeth, blood dripping from its mouth, and it watched them, curiously, as if it didn't know what to do. It considered attacking them, but one of them was holding a strange object in its hand. It stared, waiting, contemplating its own demise, and after a lot of contemplation, it stepped forward, opened its mouth, and snipped at Sadie's leg, which she quickly moved, and Joan punched it in the back of the head as quickly and hard as she could. It fell, slipping on some Allagash White that was on the floor, and this they found this is the perfect opportunity to make a break for the door. As they broke through the door out into the parking lot, Sadie couldn't help but notice that the sun was starting to come up. It was dawn. Would the creature go away in daylight? Was this a typical horror story where everything happened? Everything dark happened at night? She didn't think so. This couldn't be a story. There's no way. This is real life. They ran across the parking lot and then stopped and looked back at the pub. The creature hadn't followed them. Then Sadie noticed off in the distance to where the cornfield was, about two miles away, another flash of light. She took her phone out, six o'clock. The car, do you have the keys? Joan did have the keys, she remembered. Billy Bob had left them on the table and she had taken them knowing that he gets a little sloshy when he drinks, but she didn't know how to drive and neither did Sadie, though they'd played enough Grand Theft Auto together as little girls. Do. They hopped into the Jaguar, which by the way was a convertible, and the top was down, even though it was approaching winter. Sadie thought it'd be cool to hop over the side instead of opening the door. Joan said, what are you doing? Sadie said, we die. If we die, we die together. No, she doesn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> It's turned into a Rambo movie. She lands in her seat and buckles her seatbelt. They turn the radio on, Kenny Chesney. They both hate that song, Big Orange Balls. Big Orange Balls. They said, fuck it. They turn the radio up and they squeal out of the parking lot, sort of. They run over a mailbox and kill the neighbor's cat. <laughs> they squeal out onto the street and swerve and then finally get into a straight line as Joan begins to get a feel for driving because this is the first time she's ever been behind the wheel of a car. In the rearview mirror, they could see the creature following them now, running, 
seemingly catching up. They started driving towards the cornfield, and whatever those lights were were now going crazy, flickering almost, like somebody was, like a kid, was flickering with a giant light switch, being a brat. Joan pushed the car as fast as she could without losing control of the wheel. She was afraid that it was going to hit something or break down or anything could happen, but mostly she was afraid that the creature that was behind her was going to catch up. She held a tight, tight grip on the steering wheel, and her heart was racing as she plowed towards the cornfield, the lights flickered again and again and again. Suddenly, they heard this whapping noise that they hadn't heard before. What's that? Sadie asked, watching over her shoulder, looking everywhere above them. And suddenly, they saw a helicopter approaching over the cornfield, and it had a strobe light on. And Sadie's like, there's a freaking helicopter above us. Why do you think that is? And Joan's looking at the helicopter, looking in her mirror, seeing the beast. And she's like, I know, they're going to try to kill the beast. And she's like, but not if we don't first. And she yanks the e-brake on the Jaguar. And the car turns and brakes really hard, screeching. And she lets down the e-brake and hammers on the gas, heading straight for the beast. And she's staring at it as they get closer and closer. And the beast stops, its claws scratching into the ground as it pauses. And now a look of fear is in its face that hadn't ever been there before. Sadie couldn't help but think, thank God for all those years of Grand Theft Auto. Though, Joan's driving still had a little bit of swerving in it, so it was still apparent that she had no idea what she was doing. She thought, uh, she's probably just getting lucky. They clasped each other's hands again. They were completely likely to hit this creature, but they were still terrified. Sadie specifically had a irrational fear of airbags ever since she was little. Flashback. Third grade. Sadie and Joan were playing patty cake in the back seat. Billy Bob was driving again. Not the Jaguar. This was a green minivan, puke-colored. He had just gotten his learner's permit. He had picked up drinking early on, and he was sloshed now. And he, hit it. he swerved and hit a telephone pole. And the airbag went off. And since they were in the back seat, nothing happened. But Billy Bob had a crooked neck every day ever since then because the airbag hit him, thwapped him on the side of the head. Fast forward. She was afraid the airbag was going to go off. And then they hit the creature. There was a loud thud, and the creature went flying, somersaulting over the car, landed on the back in a heap. Joan slammed on the pedal. They both went forward, trying to keep themselves from hitting the steering wheel and dashboard. Luckily, the airbags didn't go off, and the helicopter came back and landed. And out of the helicopter, a man with a name tag that said John Jacksonberry. John Jacksonberry stepped out of the cockpit of the helicopter with a rifle over his shoulder. And he walks up to the two little girls and he says, You're lucky. Not everybody's been so lucky. There have been about five murders in this town that we think revolved around that there beast. And he walked over to Billy Bob, one of Billy Bob's traps. And he touched it with his rifle and watched it snap closed. And he says, Your brother's a good man for trying this. It's too bad it didn't work. We hoped it wouldn't come to the helicopter and the government resources, but congratulations, lady. You've caught your first werewolf. And before he finished his sentence, the beast began to twitch and began to stir. And he looks over at the, the dog slash human monster and he aims his rifle at it and he fires around into its back. And then all at once, the breath of the creature seemed to leave its body. The girls looked at each other. John Jacksonberry stared at the dead creature, cocked his gun again, and said, there will be more. Mark my words. This has been the writer's block. Cool kids, remember to subscribe and tune in next week for the next episode.
of the Writer's Block, the coolest podcast of all time, time, time.